Hello and welcome back to another episode of Digs and Distance Football Podcast. Sorry for all of my listeners out there. It's been a bit. Um, we've all been obviously keeping up with picks and texting them. Um, but I was sick there for a while. Uh, so that was part of it. Um, for one of the one, uh, actually two different times. The one time I wasn't as sick, but. Uh, we put it on hold so I could rest my voice because um, uh, I had a pretty sore throat um, and my voice was pretty sore. And then uh, one of the other times, though, I was down and out for a, over a week, um, but I'm doing better. I made a full recovery. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that was where a couple things. And then I think I had some family stuff once or twice, too. So. Anyway, sorry it's been so long. I try to do them every week, as most of you, if not all of you, know by now. Um, once in a while, though, we got to change on the fly, you know, if I'm sick or there's family stuff, etc. But I'm sure most of you who listen, if not all of you, can understand that. So anyway, this morning we're doing it earlier because I got family stuff later, too. Um, thankfully, Scott Fuller and uh colton moss were able to make it work so anyway the three of us will be on um recording and then uh noah and ethan will just text their picks this week but i at least wanted to make sure we had something for the uh listeners and fans to listen or fans listeners yes hopefully your fans uh anyway uh I wanted to put something back out there for everybody to listen to because it's been a while. So anyway, without further ado, I'm going to get uh, Colton and Scott dialed up. We're not going to re- uh, go over every single week uh, just because that would take a lot of time on that alone. Uh, we will go over last week's picks, though, that we texted, and we'll probably give a little more in-depth recap of the Thursday night game between Minnesota and Pittsburgh as well. So anyway, I'll uh, get them dialed up and hopefully you guys enjoy the show. Thanks as always for listening. Well, thanks uh, Colton and Scott for being on this morning. I'm glad we can get something for the listeners again, because it's been a while between me being sick a couple times and family stuff a couple times, but I appreciate you guys being able to do it earlier this morning so thank you ahead of time all right so let's recap i already said on the intro i don't feel the need to recap you know several weeks because that takes a lot of time but uh just so the we'll recap last week and then we'll probably do a little more in depth of a recap of the thursday night game uh, to talk about the Pittsburgh-Minnesota game a little more in depth, and then we'll obviously do this week's picks. So um, just starting with last week's games, we did uh, Minnesota at Detroit. Minnesota was favored by 7.5. Detroit won 29-27. I took Minnesota to cover, and uh, Colton took Detroit for double so he got two points there ethan scott and oh wait i wrote i typed it in the wrong place sorry um i just realized that 
Um, okay, so anyway, Ethan and Scott took uh, Detroit to cover. Noah took Minnesota to cover. And I actually, I thought Minnesota would win, but I thought seven and a half was too much. So I actually also took Detroit to cover. So anyway, everybody got at least one point except for Noah on that one. Then we had uh, Denver at KC. KC was favored by nine and a half. KC won 22 to nine. Noah took Denver to cover. I uh, and Ethan, Scott, and I all took Denver to cover. So Colton and Colton took KC to cover. So Colton was the only one who got a point there. Then we had uh, the Chargers at the Bengals. Cincinnati was favored by three. The Chargers won 41 to 22. Noah took the Chargers for double, and looks like everybody else took Cincinnati to cover in that one. Then we had uh, Washington at Las Vegas. Washington won 17 to 15. Noah, Colton, Ethan, and Scott, you guys all took Washington for double, and I took my Raiders to cover. So you guys all got two points, and I didn't get any there. Then we had New England at Buffalo. Buffalo was favored by three. New England won 14 to 10. Noah, Colton, Ethan, and myself all took New England for double, and Scott took New England to cover it. So everybody got at least one point there, and uh, a lot of us got two. Then we had Baltimore at Pittsburgh. Baltimore was favored by four and a half. Pittsburgh won 20 to 19. And everybody took Baltimore to cover it. So after last week, Noah got Noah got six points to get up to 48. Colton got seven to get up to 49. Ethan got five to get up to 56. Scott got four to get to 52. Uh, and he's getting fairly close to Ethan. Ethan was up big for a while, as we know, but Scott's definitely closed that gap quite a bit. So, uh, And then I got only three points last week to get to 46. So... Uh, going into this week one more time, I'm at 46, Noah's at 48, Colton's at 49, Scott's at 52, Ethan's at 56. That was, of course, before the Thursday night game. Uh, and then we had Pittsburgh at Minnesota. Minnesota was favored by three. Noah took Minnesota to cover, Scott took Minnesota to cover, and I took Minnesota to cover. So the three of us got that right. Colton and Ethan both took Pittsburgh for double, and they got that wrong, of course. So, anyway, I'll start it off, and then you guys can add to it, uh, just because we're talking about it. So, before we do this, the rest of this week's games, let's just talk about the Thursday night game a little bit. Um, obviously, it was a good rebound after the embarrassment against Detroit. Um, although, with that said, they almost blew a huge lead, but they were up 29-0 at one point, and then only won by eight, of course. They won another one-possession game. Um, as Mike Zimmer said in the post-game, uh, 
they're good for TV. They keep the TV ratings up with how many close games they play. But I wish for once that we could change what we do and just blow out a team like we were, you know, in that game rather than let a team back in it. But anyway, I was just happy to get the win, obviously have any chance still to make the playoffs after the Detroit loss. And I'll admit, I agreed with Scott. I said, if we lost to Detroit, we were done. That's obviously not officially yet because, you know, if you win, you know, well, for sure, if you win four of the last five, you know, counting the Pittsburgh game, you have a chance still with how tight the NFC is. But anyway, I don't know if they'll get in or not. Obviously, I'm just saying, it was a game they desperately needed. So, um, and just to say a couple more things, and then I'll let you guys chime in. Delvin Cook had a huge game returning from his shoulder injury, running for 205 yards. And then he had, a, I think, a, I want to say a 15 or 20-yard reception as well. Um, Cousins did have a few spot-on passes, including the bomb to Osborne which was huge to go back up by two touchdowns. Um, so he made some big-time accurate throws. With that said, I thought it was – and it wasn't all on him because Jefferson, I thought, had a couple he could have caught too that he didn't that were right there. But regardless, I thought it was Cousins' worst game in a while overall. Um, but he still had some nice passes and still did enough combined with Cluck and what the defense did in the first half to uh, obviously let us have a chance to win that game, and we ended up still winning, So, which is key. But it just reminded me of why Zimmer needs to go, in my opinion, at the end of the year, because he gets way too soft, and when they have a lead, he plays way too much of that soft prevent defense. I mean, you sacked Roethlisberger five times in the first half, and then you just completely stopped blitzing him, which – still blows my mind but anyway those are the few things i wanted to say initially so either one of you guys can chime in and say what your thoughts were well um i thought i thought it was a great game just from the standpoint of watching a football game just as a fan of football without you know removing the teams for a second because 29 nothing you know, it's, it's pretty much over in the NFL. Had Pittsburgh come back, it would have obviously been the biggest comeback in NFL history. But um, as a fan of the Vikings, it did nothing for me to reassure me at all. I Like I said, before the Detroit game, they're done if they lose to Detroit. And by done, it don't be mathematically, but they're practically done. And being up on a very average Steelers team, Najee Harris and Watt aside, they're a very average team. And blowing a 29-point lead did nothing to reassure me that yeah. they could beat any playoff team. So, um, I agree. Yeah. So, um, I think they're done in terms of if they sneak into the playoffs, they're going to get bounced in the wild card round. And either, no matter what happens now, the last drive of the Detroit game, and the entire second half of the Steelers game are the reason that Zimmer is going to be fired. No matter what happens, they could win out, and they'll lose in the first round of the playoffs, and I, I think he'll be done. And he probably should be, because if you're a defensive coach and you give up those big defensive plays in key situations late in the year, 
it should be done. Yeah, I agree. I liked Zimmer for a long time. I'll admit that. I mean, I liked what he did for several years. I mean, he definitely had good defenses several times, you know, but the last couple of years, I think he's lost some. I know part of it was, you know, we lost a bunch of guys or let a bunch of veterans go, and we had a young team last year. But then this year, you know, you expected them to be better with all the pieces. Granted, I know Hunter got hurt again. Granted, it was later in the year. And I know Pierce has been out a couple times. But I'm saying you brought in, you know, you had Pierce this year. You had Hunter for a while. You know, you brought back, or brought in Sheldon Richardson. You have, you know, Armin Watts, who has actually played pretty well, you know, as a depth player, getting a few sacks. Um, you brought in Patrick Peterson. You brought in Breland. I mean, you did a lot of things to hopefully have a better defense. And yes, at times they've made some big plays, but overall, especially in the run game, because our run defense has not been good. Um, and that's been our weakness, which I didn't expect originally, you know, thinking how big our D tackles were going to be. But regardless, yeah, they've uh, not played as well as you'd expect uh, with a defensive coach. So I agree. I've been saying at the last couple weeks for sure, if not earlier, that at this point, I think Zimmer is done at the end of the year regardless. I don't know for sure what they'll do with Spielman yet. I think there's a chance he get, goes as well, but at the same time, he has, I know he hasn't hit on obviously every draft, but I feel like he's had some very strong drafts. So, and uh, this isn't all Spielman, obviously, because they've got, I can't think of the guy's name, but they've got that salary cap wizard that is one of the best in the game that's made different contracts work and um, so anyway, I don't know if Spielman will go yet or not. Um, obviously, you know, I'm kind of torn on what I think will happen there, but I I do think Zimmer's done at the end of the year for sure. So I I agree with that. Um, I was reading this week too. I think it was after Thursday or something like that. And if Zimmer and Spielman go, I'd watch see if they get rid of Kirk Cousins because you never know. A new coach coming in might say, I don't want that quarterback. Right. I, I want my own I want my own quarterback. Yeah. Like I think um, oh sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just gonna add to that really quick. Uh, uh I was just going to say, I think we saw the same article because I saw something similar talking about the teams that might have interest, supposedly. Obviously, we'll see if that's true. The Saints being one of them with uh, inconsistent and injured Winston and then Taysom Hill. I don't know if you can rely on him to be a full-time quarterback, even though he's fun to watch. Um the uh, so the Saints were listed as one of them, and Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh possibly even to replace Roethlisberger. If any, they they just listed like three teams. If anybody was going to trade for Cousins, the teams that might be interested. And then uh, later on, yeah, I saw the same thing that they're saying. Sometimes if you get a new GM and or head coach. 
you know, just depends who you get. They may want somebody else, in which case they might try to trade them. Then the question, though, is, you know, is one of those teams going to want Cousins enough that they're going to be willing to pay his $35 million contract next year, which, if I remember right, with bonuses and different things can go up to 45. I think 35 is just the base pay. But I mean, if one of those teams, the Broncos, oh, the Broncos were the other one actually that they listed. Uh, but anyway, if any of those teams thinks Cousins can, you know, help uh, help make them a contender, then, you know, we'll see. Um, but, you know, it's going to be hard Somebody might, somebody might want him enough because I've, I've said it for a long time and I'm going to stick with it. I still think you can point to different things about primetime record. Granted, we just beat Pittsburgh and we have a chance to win another primetime game against Chicago next week. Um, and also that's not all on him. He's had some very good primetime games that the defense let him down. I'm not saying he was good in all of them, but I'm saying he has had some good ones. Anyway, you can point to different things, but I still think he's, especially when he has time to pass, he's a very good quarterback. I mean, this guy is on pace to be the first guy in history with, I forget, it's either three or four years in a row of a rating at least of at least 105. Going into the Pittsburgh game, he had the best touchdown to interception ratio in the league. I mean, their record is not because of Cousins this year. I'm sorry, but it's not. He's had a very, a very good year. And if they were a playoff team, and I, this isn't just the Viking fans saying this, I've heard, I've heard uh, experts say this too. If they had a better record, Cousins would be in the MVP conversation because he's having that good of a year. I'm not saying he'd win it, but he'd be in the conversation. So, um, anyway, so back to the Cousins thing. You know, if somebody wants a veteran quarterback enough that they think, you know, he can help, then yeah. I mean, there's there's a chance he does get traded, but somebody is going to be have to be willing to pay him that contract for next year, you know. And then it's a matter of how much you give up to trade for him, too. What's that? I think that would be a huge mistake on the Vikings part. I think Cousins would be a great fit in New Orleans or in Denver and maybe a couple other places. I think he could make those teams like those teams very good. But I think we know what we have in Cousins. He's it's his what fifth year yep. in Minnesota. I believe so, yep. And we know what we have here. So he, he's a great uh, quarterback from you know a structural standpoint, but he's without the intangibles where he's going to win you stuff by himself. Right. So he is as good a quarterback as you're going to find in the NFL without having that, you know, ability to win big games like a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers or a Drew Brees used to be that way, but that's a great example. Drew Brees was not always a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback necessarily. He no. reminded me in the early years a lot of Kirk Cousins. So that means you have to build around him. He's not going to win you anything. He is going to, with the right structure, be a part of a winning team. Yep. And that's fine. And that, I mean, yes, yes, my Denver Bronco fans out there, 
about how much we would kill for a quarterback who was just good enough to build around. That's a lot easier said than found in the NFL. So for the Vikings to get rid of Kirk Cousins would be a monumental mistake. He's gotten a lot of blame, but once you get rid of him, you got to replace him with somebody. And it's hard to find somebody who is statistically and, you know, if you protect him, if you keep him upright, as good a quarterback as Kirk Cousins. He's not the fourth quarter guy like Aaron Rodgers who's going to, like, through sheer will win an NFL football game, but that's fine. That just means you have to build around him. And if a new GM or a new coach came in, I would think it would be smart enough to realize he's right below that top tier of NFL quarterbacks. You don't just throw that out the window for a couple of drafts. And I agree. I mean, it would have to be, in my opinion, to make it worthwhile, it would have to be quite the return. And even then, I'd be somewhat hesitant just because, like you said, it's so hard to replace a quarterback like that. It is. And I agree he's not going to win games by himself, but he doesn't need to. I mean, we have a – when everything's clicking, we saw it again against Pittsburgh. Granted, I know Pittsburgh doesn't have a good defense, but still we saw – how good their run game can be when everything's clicking. And that sets up usually, you know, Cousins that he's a great play action quarterback most of the time. And he actually does have a very nice deep ball when he has time to throw. I think we can admit that. Um, He makes a very nice deep passes. So with that said, and I'm not saying he did it by himself, obviously. With that said, though, And there was an article I read that pointed this out, too. If it wasn't for the defense letting us down after he had some late uh, fourth-quarter drives this year to put us ahead, I mean, granted, it didn't happen because the defense let us down a few times, again, playing too soft. But if it wasn't for the defense, he'd probably lead the league, the NFL this year in – game-winning or game-winning drives or go-ahead drives, you know, if the defense could have actually held on a few times. Because this year, this year he has done that a few times where they had, you know, very nice uh, late game drives and then the defense blew it. But most of the time I would agree with you that with everything you said, Scott, and I thought you made made some very good points, he's not usually going to be – you know, the Aaron Rodgers in the fourth quarter. But I I just wanted to point out this year, he has had a few very nice uh, drives late in the game where then the defense blew it. But anyway, uh, Colton, you got anything else on this or Scott before we move on to the picks for this week? Yeah, I was going to finish my thoughts here. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I was just looking at the playoffs, well, kind of the same games. I honestly don't know if the Vikings will make it this year just on the way. Yeah, Washington is 6-6, six and six and they have, what, like four, four or five uh, games left in their all against uh, their um, conference, I want to say, their division. Giants. I 
Giants will make it in the playoffs. That's not what I'm trying to get at. The Eagles and Dallas give us one to watch if I were Vikings fan. Just for a simple fact, if you guys want to make it in, you're either going to have to want the Eagles to lose and you guys are going to have to try and win out, which I honestly don't think will happen because, as I said before, Green Bay has a better, well, has a better schedule than you guys because you guys play the Bears and you guys play us and I don't know who else. We play... So, Chicago should be a win. Granted, I know we don't always play well in Chicago, but it should be a win on paper. Um, We play – so, we play – I don't know the exact order, but I know who we play. We play Chicago. We play Green Bay. We play uh, the Rams at home. And, uh, what's up? No, we play the Bears twice the last four no, weeks. We play. Yeah, so we play Chicago twice. We play them next week on Monday Night Football. And then another chance for Cousins to beat Chicago on Monday night. Green Bay anyway, because we're not, I mean, we're not in the hunt to catch them. We're talking wild card here, so. saying yes technically you don't know rogers could break a leg or something obviously i hope he doesn't because i don't wish injury on anybody but i'm saying something crazy could happen but obviously i'm not expecting it also the only thing i'll say is yes washington is six and six as you pointed out but just just remember though san francisco currently is the last seed washington's the sixth seed so, yeah, it is. I'm looking at it right now, Colton. San Francisco's the seven seed. Washington's the six seed. Currently. Washington currently has the tiebreaker. Or, yeah. They have the same record, but Washington is the six seed. San Francisco's the seven seed. Currently. Without the tiebreaker word. Um, but anyway, all I'm saying is we only have to catch one of those teams, obviously. You know, if Washington wins more than San Francisco down the stretch, that's fine. All we need to do is catch one of them. Um, and anyway, and San Francisco has a tough game with Cincinnati. So, you know, after this week, depending what happens, because Cincinnati's a good team, uh, even though they 
didn't look very good against the Chargers. You know, we could easily be tied with San Francisco after this week. So, and maybe even Washington, because Washington plays Dallas. All I'm saying is we only need to catch one of those teams, though, and it could happen. So, uh, anyway, anything else on the Vikings or Cousins before we move on? No, I I think I'm pretty much good. How about you, Scott? Uh, No, I didn't that. I think after they lost the Detroit game, um, I'm off the bandwagon. So if they want to go ahead and prove me wrong, that'd be great. But I don't think this is a team that can win a playoff game. So I'm not sure it matters what happens between now and whoever gets seated. I'd love to see them have a shot and get in the playoffs. But they're going to have to prove to me that they can win a playoff game after the, the way the year's gone and after that Detroit game, especially in the Pittsburgh game. I just don't, don't see it. You know, you have to put them in a place in your mind when you make the picks and all that. And I think they will win on Monday night because Chicago's the worst team in the division. But um, they're going to win a couple more games, but I, I don't think they're going to win a playoff game. That's just where I'm at with them right now, unfortunately. Yeah. And part – no, I – Right now, I did lean towards agreeing with you. With that said, I've always had the mindset, because it's true. Once you get in the playoffs, forget about, you know, I've, obviously, naturally, you're going to have some of those thoughts in your mind. It's natural. But I'm saying once you get there, especially if you're the Vikings players, try to forget the regular season, because if you're in the playoffs, it's a whole new season. Obviously, everybody starts the playoffs 0-0, and anything can happen once you're there. So, not saying, I again, I expect them to go on a run, but I'm just saying anything can happen. Um, and who knows, if we sneak into the seven seed, you know, Green Bay currently is the two seed. You know, we'd maybe get a chance to face them a third time, which would be fun just in the sense, you know, facing your rival in the playoffs, you know, it can be fun. But anyway, um, with that said, I think it'll be regardless, you know, it'll be regardless of if the Vikings get in or not, I'm excited for the rest of the year in the sense that the NFC is so stacked that, you know, you you can legitimately say there's three or four teams that you think legitimately have a chance to make the Super Bowl, you know, just because when they're playing well, they're good enough. Tampa Bay obviously has a chance. They were, you know, they won it last year. Arizona, obviously, with how good they are, has a chance. Green Bay has a chance, even though I still don't think they'll be in the Super Bowl, but they have a chance. Um, And then Dallas, you know, it depends how they play, but you know, the NFC is that good this year that you could say, well, and then don't even forget about the Rams. Okay, so, you know, four or five teams, you could say, okay, if things go well, you know, have a chance to make it. So, I, like I said, regardless of what the Vikings do, uh, I'm excited kind of to see what happens, especially in the NFC come playoff time because it's going to be fun to watch. teams have four, five, six losses. You got playoff teams. Um, well, I mean, we can say for sure, probably at this point, that at least a couple playoff teams will have 500 or worse records. I mean, how 
things shake out. I don't think that's a bad thing, especially uh, when you're watching the playoffs and, you know, it's, it makes the games more interesting. Don't know what it'll do for the Super Bowl. You know, who knows what kind of game you'll end up with there if you don't have two dominant teams in the AFC and NFC like we have in years past. But I'll take it. I mean, it's been a lot of fun. And combined with the expanding additional games, taking away the preseason game, I like it a lot. It's yep. been a fun year. Yeah, I agree. And really quick before we get started, um, we're closing in on our half hour. So I'm just going to, since you ended uh, what you were saying, I'm just going to stop it quick and then start the next segment and then we'll get into the picks. All right. So we're back um, with the next segment here. So um, let's just start here. We got. Uh, Atlanta, all right, were you, you were done, right, Scott, with what you were saying? Yep. Okay, that's what I thought. Just wanted to make sure. And, yeah, I agree. It has been a lot of fun with the parody in general, and I agree it's not bad for the league at all. You know, some of these sports that you see the same teams almost every year, you know, after a while it gets old and you kind of start cheering for an underdog. Um, I'd say the NBA is somewhat in that category because when when they were healthy, I know the last couple of years they've had some injuries. Granted, they're playing great this year, but uh, Colton's Golden State Warriors, you know, were in it every year for a while there. And, uh, you know, so you have certain teams that you just expect to be there every year in the NBA. Um they could be this year. That's all I say. No, I agree. It's going to be, yeah. And then you got the Lakers, you know. I'll grant that they aren't playing as well this year. But I'm just saying you got certain teams that – well, and then college football is the other example I'd use. Uh, it got mixed up a little bit this year, which I was happy to see. Um, even though I'm not a Michigan fan, being a Gopher fan, I've always liked Harbaugh and seeing Michigan – get into the playoffs this year is actually kind of cool to see for uh you know just because you know they there was a time they were a pretty big powerhouse and they have not been obviously the last few years and they finally got it done and so i mixed it up a little bit this year with the playoffs but you still have alabama you still have georgia you know so there's certain sports you're used to seeing the same team so I agree with what you were saying, Scott. The parody is good to see, and I frankly think it's very good for the league, actually, um, when you have different teams in it or, you know, and uh, you have good teams losing four or five games. I just think it's a good thing. So with that said, let's get started here. We got uh, Atlanta at Carolina. Carolina is favored by two and a half points. And we'll start with Colton. Um, you take Carolina's favorite by two points. Two and a half. Uh-huh. I need, oh, shoot. Two, two subpar teams right here. Yeah, um, I mean, two teams that technically both are also fighting for the playoffs. Uh, but, yeah, both teams are five and seven, so... More than likely, whoever wins is at least going to stay in the you know in the hunt at least for a week or yeah. two, just like Minnesota did by beating Pittsburgh. Um, and whoever loses 
kind of like we said about Minnesota after Detroit. Granted, I'm still hoping they prove Scott and I wrong and sneak in, obviously, as a Viking fan. But uh, anyway, whoever loses this game is pretty much done. They won't be mathematically yet, but at five and eight, that's going to be hard to come sneak back in. So uh, anyway, go ahead with your pick whenever you're ready. Give me Carolina. Okay. Just for the simple, just for the simple fact, they have Cam Newton, and I believe Christian McCaffrey is first running back still in this playing. Is he playing? Okay. I I, I don't know. I seriously don't know. I really have not kept up with Carolina. I'm checking right now, so um. Good think about. No, he's out still, it sounds like. Just think about this, you two. Back in 2016, we were talking about Atlanta and how good they were. And they had Matt LaFleur as their offensive coordinator. And Matt LaFleur made uh, Matt Ryan in the MVP conversation about five years, five or six years later. We're talking about Atlanta and how bad they are. They have been, well, they kind of sniffed the playoffs, but they haven't. Made it after the NFC Championship being in the playoffs whatsoever. They've been going downhill, which is kind of weird for them. I'm not, I'm not blaming Matt Ryan. He's still somewhat good. Good, excuse me. Um, but yeah, just think about that. Yep. Good point. Uh, Scott, what? Who are you taking? So I, I want to like Atlanta in this game. Because if Cordero Patterson, they have, I like that tight end they have. I think he's the, the rookie hits. Um, Atlanta's defense gives up a ton of yards. Carolina's coming out the bye. Carolina's at home. But Carolina just lost to Miami. And granted, the Dolphins are pretending to be a good team right now. It's actually fun to watch them win a bunch of games in a row, the Dolphins. So I don't know. Sometimes teams coming off the bye. Um, will respond positively to the rest and the additional week to prepare for an opponent. Sometimes it kind of uh, stagnates an already existing problem and when you'll lose to the Dolphins by three touchdowns or something like that. I, I, I think um, Atlanta is the better offense, and even though they're on the road, I'm going to take Atlanta for double. All right. Yeah, I'm actually leaning. I was actually leaning the same way. Um, I think it'll be a good game, um, and uh, Carolina is at home. I get that, but especially with McCaffrey being out, I think Atlanta has a better offense overall. Um, so I don't know for sure what the score will be like. Like you said, Carolina gives up points. Um, so, you know, depending what Carolina can get done on offense, uh, you know, even if it turns into a shootout, high-scoring affair, I think it favors Atlanta and Matt Ryan. So, um, I, I think they have the better offense, and I like Pitts a lot, too. Um, so, I'm also going to go with Atlanta for double in this one. Single-handedly bring you back into a game, so that could make things interesting. And that's where the two and a half points comes in. 
kind of could be a field goal either way. I'll stick with Atlanta, but if that game were on TV for a couple of five and seven teams, that could be a good game. Oh, for sure. Yep. All right. Then let's go on to Raiders at the Chiefs. KC is favored by 10 points. And uh, I'll go ahead and start this one off. I'm a little torn on this one. I'm not I'm not going to take Vegas for double uh, just because I think KC is playing pretty well right now. I'm torn, though, on whether to take them to cover. Um, I, you know, Vegas is another team that needs to win one or two of these games to stay alive in the hunt. They're right on the edge, too, but they definitely need a big win or two. Um <laughs> and it, you know, it's uh, one of those games against a division opponent. They've had some good games, uh, including two very good games. I think it was last year where Vegas beat them once and could have beat them a second time, but Gruden made a couple mistakes uh, in the end and game management decisions that cost them. So anyway, they usually show up and play KC tough. Um, so for that reason, I, I'm going to go ahead and take Vegas to cover the 10 points and at least keep it a game. Uh, and we'll go to Scott next. I mean, 10 points is a lot. It's not a bad rule of thumb in, in a league with so much parity that anytime you see a double digit spread, you go the other way. It's been pretty good for me so far this year, but it's Andy Reid, it's Kansas City at home. The Raiders are a, a pretty good team. Nobody in the NFL just up and down the roster both sides of the ball, especially since Casey's defense is playing the way it is, is as good as the Chiefs. They are the best team in the league on paper, which this year doesn't mean anything necessarily. But um, I don't see – I don't feel comfortable enough um, that the Raiders won't fall into a trap, kind of like the Broncos did last week. Granted, the Raiders have a more established offense than the Broncos, but that the Andy Reid's just so tough to beat at home. Mahomes is starting to figure things out. The Vegas's defense is starting to get sacks on quarterbacks. I've noticed lately, but this is Mahomes, you know. So it's 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 a it's a lot different sacking him. You got to get pressure up the middle. And Vegas doesn't have that inside presence as much as they do linebackers and with their ends. So I'm afraid by the end of four long quarters, I think KC curves them up pretty good. And so I, I don't like taking 10 points in this league, but I'll take Kansas City to cover. All right. Colton? Well, that game versus Washington was a very good game that I watched. Uh, and I was not shocked that the Raiders lost. Bob Raiders would actually beat Washington, but give me Kansas City to cover. I don't think Mahomes, I think there's only one sack in this game for the Raiders defense. I think the guys' defense was pretty good last weekend. So the offense got his own late, well, not late, but the defense looked a bit better than me early on when I turned game on and actually watched it. But give me Kansas City just for the simple fact that hey, Kansas City might actually be back, I don't know. Yeah. Alright, so you're taking KC as well? Yeah. Okay. 
Well, I sure hope so. Um, but they are—they have their work cut out for them to try to sneak in, though. And I know I, I said at the start of the year I thought they'd make it. But here's the problem. So you're 6-6 six and six right now. Currently, Buffalo is the 7 seed at 7-5. and five. You have Cincinnati at the 6 seed, who's also 7-5. and five. You have the Chargers at the 5 seed, who are also 7-5. and five. I mean, those are three pretty decent teams. And again, just like I said about the Vikings, you only need to catch one of them. But, you know, the three teams ahead of them right now, at five through seven, you know, I think we can all admit have are pretty good teams. I know the Bills have had ups and downs compared to last year, but they're still a good team. Cincinnati is better probably than most people expected them to be. And, you know, the Chargers can be dangerous with Herbert. So uh, I hope they find a way to make it still, but uh, they have their work cut out for them for sure. And you're going to need to probably pull out, you know, a game like this to stay relevant or, you know, or, you know, a game or two, you're not necessarily expected to win. Um, Because the schedule the rest of the year really quick, they got, and again, they're game out right now, so keep that in mind. But down the stretch, they play KC today. Next week, they're in Cleveland. The week after, they're home against Denver. Then they're in Indianapolis. And then they're home against the Chargers, which, granted, depending how the rest of the year goes, that last game of the year against the Chargers could potentially be a deciding game. But it depends how they do against some of these teams down the stretch, you know. So, yeah. all right. Were you going to say something, Scott, too, or no? No, I could see if there's going to be an upset today with the Raiders. Uh, it would be because of the weather. I assume the weather in KC is similar to here right now, at least in terms of temperature. Oh, is it? Okay. Makes, I, I would guess so. Oh. I mean, that, yeah. that makes Mahomes, that changes his game quite a bit. Kansas City still has the edge in the run game. I like Josh Jacobs, but they have that. Kansas City has Daryl Williams behind Edwards Lair, which isn't even fair. I think he could start for 20 NFL teams, probably running back. But uh, that would keep the game close, at least, if passing were less of a factor. And it would take uh, the two big Kansas City offensive weapons out of the, the equation. So that that's the only way. I mean, so if you're the Raiders, slow the game down today. Nice, long, sustained drives. And the Broncos tried to do it last week. Might, I'm not sure. They, they never said on the broadcast, but it's got to be that one drive that the Broncos had. So many plays without scoring a point on a single drive has to be close to a record. But if you can do that, if you're the Raiders today and convert that into points and keep it close, that's what every team tries to do against Kansas City. But the weather might lend itself to that today, and then your defense would have to step up on Mahomes too. So I'm gonna stick with my pick, but I wouldn't be. I'm not super confident just because of if it's cold down there, it could be a different story. Well. I looked it up quick. It is supposed to be 25 to 35 mile an hour winds. Uh, however, it's supposed to be 55 and sunny. So. Oh, okay. Well, that's not too bad then. So that, I mean, that affects the passing game and the kicking game a little bit. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll stick with my pick just because I think Casey's a lot deeper. But hopefully it's a good game. I'd love to 
to see the Chiefs get knocked off anyway. Right. All right. Then we got Baltimore at Cleveland. Cleveland is favored by three points. And we'll start with Scott this time. Yeah, so I still think Baker is hes going to be banged up for the rest of the year. He's just going to have to do a lot. Lamar Jackson is obviously Lamar Jackson. Um, I think Baltimore, what's the spread, Elijah? Sorry. Three points, Cleveland. But Baltimore is just so inconsistent. I mean, when the defense is blitzing and when they're doing it right, they're really, really tough to get any offensive momentum against. Um, I know Cleveland's coming off a bye, and um, what? And Ravens lost to Pittsburgh last week. from what I can gather. Uh, I think, I don't know if he's still banged up or if he's fully healthy, but I think Hollywood Brown's playing, at least, from what I can tell. So, uh, that, that opens things up down the field a lot for Lamar Jackson. And that, if, he, if at least that threat's there, um, if they cannot turn the ball over, that's been a problem for the Ravens all year. And if their defense is dialed in, they could make a difference. But I like... Uh, I like seeing Browns do well anyway, just because they've been terrible for, for so long. And they have a good enough team this year to at least sneak into the playoffs, I think. I'm not sure if they win anything in Baker. At the end of the day, he's going to come to the end. He needs, a, he needs to probably have not played for more games than he has this year. But um, it's just the gut thing, I guess. I'm, I'm coming off a bye. I'll take the Browns at home. Okay, sounds good. And currently, just. Uh, I haven't looked at this schedule the rest of the year, but just to give you an idea where the Browns are currently, um, they are currently in the 11 spot. So they're actually behind Pittsburgh, Las Vegas, and Indianapolis on the teams out, currently outside. Um, and then obviously you have the Bills, Cincinnati, and Chargers, as I said, that are currently the five, six, and seven seeds. So, But a lot like the Vikings and also like your Broncos, I mean, both teams are six and six. So they're right on the cusp, you know, depending what happens the rest of the year. But they're currently on the outside looking in. So. Yeah, I'm not sure that they have a road to get in, but they're a good enough team where they could. Right. You know, yeah. I'm not sure if they're a good enough team to win five games in a row or whatever they need to 
to sneak in, but it, they're definitely going in the right direction. Yeah, for sure. Stefanski's done a good job. I expected them to be a little bit this, better this year after what they did last year, but, you know, I think part of that is the parity again. Um, and you can't, you know, a team's not going to obviously repeat what they did the year before every time. So, uh, and they're still a good enough team. They can be a threat, but, uh, you know, I expected them to be a little better after last year, but they, they're still a good team though, all around. And the whole organization, I think, deserves credit for coming to a good resolution with the OBJ situation because a lot of teams, I mean, imagine OBJ kind of being that locker room, negative locker room influence that he was in Dallas. You know, Jerry Jones is not going to, he's going to be stubborn and make him play out the rest of the year at least. But I think they, they were smart in getting him where he wanted to go so it was best for all parties involved. I think that's the way to go about a, a player of that caliber who's unhappy. And you saw what they did the very next week. They got rid of him. They won. So I think that was, I think they're, they're, they're definitely, like I said, they're going in the right direction. They need uh, Baker is good enough if he's healthy to win them a couple of playoff games. Not this year, but you know, down the road. All right. Yep. Called them. Cleveland by three. I want Baltimore to win because. Oh, wait, no, we don't play them next week. Um, give me the Browns to cover in this one. And you guys made really good points on the Browns. And I always want to accept that they needed to get rid of OPJ because, in my opinion, Baker Mayfield was setting off the ball more, and he did it this year. Even with OBJ playing at times, and then OBJ was just being a diva, as he always is, I didn't get the ball as much, well, because there's other people that Baker Mayfield wants to get the ball to. It's not all about him. Yep. All right, so... Originally, I was leaning towards potentially taking Baltimore for double. Um, however, it's in Cleveland, uh, and I think you brought up some good points, Scott. Um, and obviously, I know it. I've seen it. Baltimore is all over the map. You know, they're, they can be a very good to even dominant team at times uh, when the offense and defense are both clicking. But then other times they, you wonder what's going on, like losing to Pittsburgh, who then lost to the Vikings. Um, so, so anyway, originally, just because they still have a good team, I was leaning towards taking Lamar and the Ravens for double. But it's in Cleveland, and uh, I think Cleveland's at least going to stay alive in the playoff hunt. So, um and so, anyway, I think even though he's banged up and probably should have set more games, like you said, Scott, um, I think he'll do enough to help them beat Baltimore. So, um, I'm going to take Cleveland to cover as well. All right. Then we got Dallas at Washington. And Dallas is favored by five and a half points. And Colton, you can start this one off. Washington is. Very hot. They started the year two and six. Dallas has been 
So you can either take them just to cover, or you can take them for double. You said it was five points? Five and a half, yep. I'm going to take Washington for double, just for the simple fact that Washington is not That's a good story. I, it's fun seeing Heineke play as well as he is right now, being a former Viking. That I honestly, in preseason and stuff, when he was here, I liked a lot. Um, and then he made a he made a boneheaded mistake, and w- w- the one year because Bridgewater got hurt, the one year he finally had a chance to possibly start, and he was out, like, I don't know, remember, six to eight weeks because they came back from a movie and he, I forget, he kicked in, I think, the door or something of his buddy's place because uh, they locked themselves out and he got, he gasped his foot wide open and missed, like, six to eight weeks when he finally potentially had a chance to start. And then after that, he was done in Minnesota, so... Anyway, leading up to that, I always liked the looks of him, and I'm happy to see him playing well. You know, kind of an underdog story, but uh, yeah, I'm happy. To, I'm happy to see it for him for sure. You never know. Good starting quarterback from here on out. Those good things down your stretch. Yeah. All right, Scott. <laughs> Excuse me. Um... I also like the story that Washington wrote the last four or five weeks. It's been fun to watch. I like Robert Rivera just as a story. I also think he's a better coach than Mike McCarthy. And um, I, I think uh, a good example of that is the billboard quote that McCarthy gave, you know, a week out in front of this game saying, oh, we're going to win, you know, basically guaranteed victory. Yep. <laughs> There's no reason to do that. But um, Dallas is the much better team top to bottom offense defense Dallas uh, their defense I mean the only outlying game really for the Cowboys this year was that strange Broncos game at home nonetheless but this is a divisional game and aside from I think Troy Pollard who's kind of banged up last I heard he was going to be a game time decision they were saying at least on Thursday yeah I believe that's still the case as far as I know but I don't know that they need him with Zeke and the defense. I mean, Washington just—they just turn the ball over too much. Their kicker—I don't remember his name, but I don't think he's going to be as much of a factor in terms of worrying about the point spread as uh, you normally would. I just don't think Washington should be able to hang in this game. Obviously, anything could happen, but if the Cowboys come out and play like they should, and I think they will in a divisional game, now would be the time. Even though you're on the road. Um, Cowboys also are coming off a, a longer 
they last played on a Thursday night, so they've had a couple of days extra. Uh, beating the Saints, I thought the Saints were, I think they're a bit underrated this year. So, um, I have Cowboys, and my only question is whether that let's take the spread or double, but I think this is a chance to gain some points for me, so I'm going to take the Cowboys for double. Actually, Dallas was favored by five and a half. Oh, that, that changes things. Yeah, that's why Colton took Washington for double. So, no, just to clarify that, yep. All right, well, that does change things a little bit. Um, but like I said, field goals not being as much of a factor. And if the Cowboys can get out early, which is, I think, when they would – I don't think the Cowboys come from behind to win this game. I think they're out 14 nothing early. And Washington is not a team built to come back. So I'm, I'll take – that makes it a little more interesting. That, that spread makes a lot more sense than I had in my mind. But I'll take, uh, I'll take the Cowboys to cover nonetheless. Okay. Yeah, and Pollard I do see is officially out, by the way. Not that that will change anything, but I just wanted to let you know that quick. That just puts more pressure on Zeke, but I mean, between uh, Cooper, Amari Cooper is one of the best route runners in the NFL. He's amazing, and I always like Zeke Lamb. So um, it's kind of on Dak and Zeke, but that's always the case every week. Then you have Diggs on the defensive side. This team should not lose this game right. by all rights, so I can't go against them. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to give mine quick, and then I'll have to start one more segment again to do the last one because uh, we're running out of the half hour again. Um, but, yeah, I was leaning towards the same way. Um, even though I like the Washington story and how they've been playing, and I also like Ron Rivera, Riverboat Ron, as they call him, because he takes chances once in a while for sure. Um yeah, I think Dallas, though, on paper, is obviously the better team. Uh, even though I think Rivera is a better coach, I still like Dallas's team better. Um, and obviously, the Raiders being my second favorite team, I'm hoping Washington loses just because they're one of the teams we're chasing. Um, but anyway, for all those reasons, and because I think Dallas is a better team, I'm going to take Dallas to cover as well. Um, and then I'm going to briefly stop here again and uh, start the last segment. All right. So that leads us to our last one for this week. We got the Los Angeles Rams at the Arizona Cardinals. And Arizona is favored by two and a half points. And uh, Colton, we'll start with you again. I'm so happy Ethan is not on this call. For the first time this season, I am actually not taking the Cardinals to win. I am taking the Rams to win. The Rams are not favored, correct? Uh, the Cardinals are favored by two and a half. Give me the Rams to double the points in this. Either way, I think it'll be a good game, but I need Arizona to lose, and I need my Packers to win this week, too. All right. Which I think, which I think will happen. Scott? 
these are the toughest tables for me to pick. We have two offenses that should score 30 points and two pretty good defenses, especially when they come to the Rams. Um, two and a half points is tough because you know some of the other guys are going to go double, as we just heard. Um, I guess I, I got to go with my gut and say the Rams defense at some point is going to gel. And uh, they haven't yet with the new pieces they have in place. They have more offensive weapons. Cooper Cup, obviously OBJ. So I'm going to take the Rams, I guess, at two and a half. I may as well, may as well go double because I don't think it's going to be a two-point, one-point game situation. I just don't know which side is going to win by a touchdown. But I'll take the Rams for double. Yeah, this one's tough for me. And one of these, I think, this one I think I'm just going to go with my gut. Uh, usually if I was only going by paper um, and just records and everything else and that Arizona's home, and if I was going by all those and only those, I'd take Arizona. But for some reason, my gut is telling me the Rams might pull it out. Uh, and normally in situations like this, I listen to my gut and go with it. So mainly for that reason, uh, even though I think it'll be a very good game, I'm also going to take the Rams for double actually in this one. So yeah, the Cardinals at home are tough. They always are, are tough, but they're both explosive offenses. Like you just don't know which Rams team is going to show up. They haven't gelled yet. They could be the best team in the NFC once they get all those pieces in place. I just don't know if it's going to happen this year or next year. Um, but I, I, I like uh, I like Sean McVay. I like Sean McVay against the Cardinals. I can't think of a time when he's lost to them. I'm probably wrong about that. But, uh, yeah, it, it, they shouldn't be. And so running down in a game like this where – these are the hardest games for me to pick, where you have eight, ten win teams. Uh, but that's why they're good games. That's why they're tough to pick. But, yeah, I, I, I'll stick with the Rams. Gotcha. So, um, let's see. Let me look up one thing really quick. So coming into this year, McVeigh is actually 8-0 versus the Cardinals. 8-0? Yep. Okay. There you go. Um, and, that, and the Cardinals aren't the same Cardinal team as they've had in the last couple of years, but um, he, he seems to have their number and there's certain coaches that I'm not sure that there's a whole lot to that stat generally, but I think sometimes if for no other reason than just confidence and game planning and you, you, you know you have your number on a specific team and you know what to expect, is this their second meeting of the year? Yes, I was actually just going to say that. So coming into this year, he was 8-0, and but back on October 3rd, earlier in the year, Arizona beat him 37-20. to Yeah, I, I don't see him losing to that team twice, especially given the pieces he's added since. And really, when you have Cooper Cup and OBJ, and then what you have on defense with a pass rush, granted Kyler Murray's not a pocket quarterback, <laughs> So I've seen, we've seen we saw that Packer game where Aaron Rodgers it was a Thursday night or a Monday night. 
he had nobody to throw to. He had no receivers, and they went in there and just shut down uh, Arizona totally. So, I mean, the recipe's out there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling all right about the Rams. Okay. And the Cardinals have a better, a better road record than any team in the NFL this year. They are undefeated on the road. And their home record is iffy at times, but then again, it's still the Cardinals. But I'm not changing my mind in this, so just for a simple fact, I need Arizona to lose. That's why I'm not taking the Cardinals. Gotcha. All right. You guys got anything else to add at all before we wrap it up? This has been a longer one already, which Colton and I were talking about this ahead of time, but we said if we went a little bit longer today, that was going to be fine with us just because it's been a while since the fans have had anything to listen to. So, And I feel like we had some good content today. So, um, But you guys have anything else to add before we wrap up? Yeah, that Bill's Tampa Bay game. Uh, I think that's today. Yes, it is at. That's the three twenty-five game, I believe. So. Yeah, I think that's going to be a defining game in the playoff picture. Obviously, but in both, I mean, those are two probably Super Bowl teams. So, um, if it should be a probably a close game, you know, within five ten points or whatever. But I mean, that's a big test for both of those teams. There's a lot of questions throughout the season about both Buffalo and Tampa Bay. And I think Tampa Bay is probably in a better spot right now, and they're going to be at home. But we know the Bills, and they're capable of coming from behind, and they're capable of putting up 50 points occasionally. And um, they both have excellent defenses. Uh, So I think it's going to be a game. That one, that'd be a fun one to watch later on today. Which of those quarterbacks is going to throw two interceptions might be the difference. Yeah, and I agree. That is going to be a good game. Um... If we would have picked one more game this week, but I've been sticking consistently to six games this year for the most part, except the one week with Maple River. I think we added a seventh game, if I remember right. But anyway, but yeah, that would have been one of the other ones I would have picked for today if we would have done one more. But as it was, I feel like we have a decent uh, lineup of games that we picked too. So, but yeah, I agree. That should be a very good game. Uh, And I... So the TV schedule for today for our area, the Raiders-KC game is on at noon on CBS. You got Dallas at Washington on Fox also at noon. So I might be, whenever I get back from Albert Lee, I'll probably uh, watch the Raiders game if it's close because they're my second favorite team. But then during commercials, flip back and forth. And then at 325 on CBS, you got the Buffalo-Tampa Bay game. So, But no no light game on Fox in our area, it doesn't look like. And then, of course, you've got Green Bay and Chicago tonight So, on NBC. So. And then, obviously, if you're a Vikings fan, you're rooting for the Bengals today to beat the Niners. And that should be an interesting game, too, just because of how inconsistent the uh, Bengals have been. Right. And even at home, they're, they're a really weird team this year. Statistically, I would say the Niners probably have the edge of that game. I'm not sure what the spread is on that game. But you never know that the Bengals were able to do it home, and it would obviously help out the, uh, the Vikings wildcard chances if the Bengals could beat San Fran. Right. Yep. Um, 
pulling it up really quick uh, since you were talking about it. You got uh, looks like Cincinnati opened as two and a half point favorites, but it closed with San Francisco being one and a half point favorites. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's a toss up. That just goes to show. I'm not sure if there was an injury to move that, but that just goes to yeah, show. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm curious on that too. What changed it, but uh, or if it's then, just uh, last thing I'm looking forward to today is for the Broncos to avoid you know the fate of the Vikings and managing to lose to the Lions. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Obviously, a lot of talk in Denver about Teddy, and um, uh, sort of started a couple of weeks ago with his. I'm not sure if you guys saw the, the video of that tackle attempt on the pick six or whatever it was fumble return against uh, I think it was Washington where he made a business decision not to try to tackle those Philly actually I think tackle the uh, defenders he was running back and that was sounds like that was probably the end of Teddy in Denver and if that's the case I think it's unfortunate because I like watching him play but he's got a very specific leadership style Yep. And it's really quiet. You know, it's he's not an in your face kind of guy. Um, but when you when he's got time, uh, especially earlier in the year, he's missed some reads late this season. But uh, I think he could be a good enough quarterback to start to build around, but I don't think that's the way the team is thinking right now. Yeah. I think both Drew Locke and Teddy will if they're on the team next year, I don't think Locke will be at all. But if Teddy's still on the team, I think they're going to be shopping for a quarterback in the offseason. Yeah. They are going to be honoring a former wide receiver who died this week before and during the game of decal on their helmets this week. Stop. Yeah, the Broncos are? Demarius Thomas. Oh, sure. Yeah, Demarius was always one of my favorites. Actually, in some ways, in my opinion, he was one of the best receivers Broncos ever had. But if I remember right, he had uh, he had some mental health issues, unfortunately, that didn't help him. Oh, I don't. I guess I didn't know about that. Um, I did. I did read though that apparently he's battled seizures the last year, and and he was take and he was taking a shower and they think he had a seizure and must have hit his head or whatever and that's what how he died apparently or something like that i well they said they didn't give specifics other than they think he had a seizure in the shower but with that said i wouldn't think you'd actually die unless you hit your head or you know something like that but i didn't know he had died yeah he uh yeah. Th- that was just a few days ago at the age of 33. Uh, i missed that yeah that's really unfortunate. Yeah, it's very sad for sure. When he was a receiver with the Broncos, he was that time in the NFL, kind of like uh, who was the Detroit? Was it Calvin Johnson in Detroit? The yeah. Megatron. Yeah. Size was everything, and now the league has moved more toward. I mean, look at Tyree Kill. The speed in the open field and route running is a lot more valued now, like a Jerry Judy in Denver. Yeah. But at that time, it was post-Randy Moss where you just throw the ball up and biggest guy wins. So the biggest athlete you can get, and Demarius Thomas was fast too. He was uh, he was in 
I'm not sure if I could say he's the best receiver they've ever had, but in at, for the time that he was playing in, he was definitely up there with Rod Smith and Shannon Sharp, the tight end position, and a lot of great right. receivers the Broncos have had over the years. Yeah. But he just, if I remember his time in Denver, it was something to do with mental health, and maybe it was just health in general, and that full story didn't come out, but that's, he could have been a Bronco for 10 years and been a part of a lot of good he, teams. Yeah, he was fun to watch for sure. Honestly, one of my favorite football memories other than the uh, Minneapolis Miracle. Uh, and this one's non-Viking related, but one of my favorite football memories was the game. Yeah, the Tebow to Thomas 80-yard touchdown to upset Pittsburgh in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. I mean, that, that Bronco team shouldn't have, they weren't good enough to win a game, that, a playoff game that year. But uh, and Tebow was not a good quarterback. You know, I didn't mind the guy. Uh, personally, but I think Elway always hated him, and I was never a fan of his quarterback skill, but um, that was a magic moment, and that Bronco fans still talk about that, you know, despite the fact that they ran Tebow out of town on a rail, pretty much. Um, that was uh, that was a very cool uh, moment. If I remember right, it was the first play of overtime, and they, uh, they walked off the Steelers and obviously got blown out the next game but yeah no i had not heard that he had passed away i missed that somehow so that's really sad to hear he was he must have been in his late 30s i thought early 30s actually yeah 33 yep well that's too bad uh you you mentioned shannon sharp scott um shannon sharp talked about this on i believe friday or thursday i can't remember whatever day um him and Sharp were close friends and they kept in contact and Sharp had the option to reach out to him through a mutual friend of theirs two months ago. Never did, but that's one thing he regrets and the reason the mutual friend reached out to him was because he said that Demarius was not doing too well and he was he actually had a car accident a year ago, so that's where the Caesars are coming from or from that car accident. Oh, really? I I didn't know that, but that's, huh. But Shannon Sharp said that he helped him out throughout uh, the Broncos. Throughout when he was down there, just for a simple fact, he was with Caesar and he told him that, hey, don't look at your injury. It's just, you're going to get your, you're going to get your time. Just lose some weight and you will get a chance now with Peyton. You're gonna get a lot of, gonna get a lot of uh, catches, and I'll lose some weight, and you're gonna do really well this week. Is what he told them. They were really close. Yeah, he definitely had the the ability, the natural talent, and there. I, how many of those guys over the years in, across the NFL? where you could be that great, maybe even Hall of Fame level, but you have to get the right situation at the right time. And it sounds like, I mean, it, it came out at toward the end of his Broncos career that he was going through some stuff, um, you know, without any specifics being out there. And at some point, I think the Broncos saw that he still had some trade value and the locker room issues or whatever else was going on with him personally became uh, became something where he was disposed by that's the NFL. I mean, you're one injury away from your career being over. That's the unfortunate business side of the game. But he was definitely a fan favorite of mine just to watch because he he had the ability to make plays that most receivers 
can't make. Nope, you are not wrong. Yeah. But I got to get going here pretty quick because I still got to get home and get ready for mass. So um, we should probably wrap it up here if you guys are good with that. Yeah, bro. Thanks for having me and enjoy the games. Yeah, thanks. You too. Thanks, as always, for coming on. And I'm glad we were able to get a good one put together so we have something for the fans to listen to again. And then hopefully we'll talk again next week with everybody. So, Sounds good. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Colton. Bye. All right. Thanks, as always, for listening to Digs and Distance Football Podcast. Hope you enjoy. I know it's a longer episode, but we also hadn't had any material for you in a while. So enjoy. Enjoy your Sunday. Uh, Enjoy football. And uh, God bless.